The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences. If you are not an adult, please do not let your parents know you're listening to this, and don't repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please drink responsibly. Now that we have all that covered, let's start the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 298 of the podcast. Unless you're joining live on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, assuming we haven't been kicked off of one or all of those platforms this week. If you want to catch a show live, make sure you are subscribed on one or all of those channels. Turn on your notifications so you know when the show's live like right now today is sunday november 20th 20 days into no booze november folks it's uh it's been a game changer you know i feel like i feel like a few wrinkles went away dropped a few pounds very lucid very in the moment a lot of the time it's horrible can't wait to start drinking again. Um, <laughs> we're one day removed from UFC Vegas 65, which was meant to be Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. Uh, that main event did not happen, as you all probably know by now, unless you didn't watch the card and you're just coming here for the recap, in which case, let me be the first to tell you, Derek Lewis was sick and uh, couldn't make it to the main event. Um, we can't hold it against him. I mean, Derek's never really let us down before, except for, you know, maybe the Francis and Ganu fight. Um, but for the most part, he, he's been a trooper. You know, he shows up and he does his job, you know, fighting through um, back injuries and, and everything like that overseas. Yeah, I, I think... Um, I think the medical reason he had to pull out of the fight is that his um, his testicles had cooled down significantly. So unless unless his balls are hot, um, he doesn't want to get in there. And who can blame him for that? You know, he knows what works for him. He's got what twenty something knockouts in the UFC. So uh, who are we to question him? But. In all seriousness, we uh, we hope Derek's doing all right. Hopefully, it was just like a, a stomach flu or something, um, and nothing too serious. Um, but in any case, we we got a great main event that replaced it anyway, and and put uh, Kennedy and Zichku on a bigger stage. Uh, we're a few days away from Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving, everybody! Hopefully, that's going to be a nice time for everyone, uh, spending time with the family eating some good food, drinking some good drinks. Um, it can be a happy time. It can be a sad time for a lot of people, a uh, lonely time. So make sure you're checking in on all your friends and relatives that aren't close by. Um, even the people who seem like they don't need to be checked on because sometimes they're the ones who need it the most. Uh, so make sure everybody's feeling included. 
this holiday season and enjoy yourselves. Be safe. If you're going out on Thanksgiving Eve, I know a lot of uh, mayhem and debauchery goes on uh, <laughs> on that Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Those days are behind me personally and uh, not drinking this month anyway. So don't need to worry about me, but the rest of you be safe out there. All right. So let's see. What was this? UFC Vegas 65, UFC Fight Night 215. So we've had 215 of these fight nights now. Pretty crazy if you think about it. When they started um, started doing these like a few years ago. It used to be like you had a pay-per-view every three months and then that was it. You know, you had that to look forward to. So if you're if you're a fighter at that time and you had to pull out because you were sick or something, um, you, you had to hope that you would get on that next card <laughs> in three months, you know, because it was probably already booked up. So we had a, a lot fewer instances of fighters pulling out before we had these fight nights. Now it's like, well, you can fight again two weeks. Or, or usually it's it's every week, but UFC is actually off next week. So Kennedy and Zechiku and Elon Kutalaba uh, step up. And let me see if I do this right this time. Nope. There we go. We'll go with this. So Nzechiku and Kutalaba step up from the co-main event to the main event. And the size difference was mind-boggling at at the weigh-ins. I mean, Nzechiku looked like when... It, I mean, they have him at 6'5". And I guess Kutalaba is six foot, maybe six one. But Nzechiku looked like he could be fighting at heavyweight. And Kutalaba looked like he could be fighting at middleweight. Which, after this fight, I think it would be a good move for him. Uh, he's got, what, three losses in a row now at light heavyweight. Um, I don't know how much weight he cuts. He is, like, a pretty thick dude. But... Then I was thinking, like, he's fought Jared Cannonier. So if, if Jared Cannonier can get down to middleweight, I, I'm pretty sure Kutalaba can too. I know it's a it's a big cut. I mean, it's the biggest gap between any two weight classes. Um, but look, I mean, if you have a guy who's who's six five and you just can't get inside to land those big power shots. I mean, he, he did all right in the first round. He was able to take him down, but then Nzechiku made adjustments and, and wouldn't let Kutalaba in on the hips and, and was able to knock him out in the second, just a minute into the second. So he made those adjustments and went with him quick. Um, and Nzechiku, not only does he have a fun name to say, but how do you not love this guy? I mean, he's a monster. He's a beast of a man in this light heavyweight division. Um, he's He's got crazy power. Uh, his striking is very clean, very technical, um, it, very methodical. He's actually looking for openings and going for them, not just swinging wildly. Uh, it was a beautiful sequence that finished Kutalaba here. 
And then he gets on the microphone and he's like the nicest guy you could possibly hear in the UFC. You know, he talked about how his, his mom has multiple sclerosis and how he's been taking care of her. And, and that, you know, that's been his only focus aside from fighting in the post-fight press conference. He was talking about how he's looking for a reputable charity that's doing research for MS. Um, so, Hey, if anybody knows of one, if you have experience, if you've had a loved one with MS and, and you've worked with a, a charity or, or, you know, a reputable organization that's, that's collecting money. Uh, I'm sure Kennedy would love to hear from you so he can contribute and uh, he can promote that on this, you know, this fairly new platform he's got himself. I mean, fighting in the main event of the UFC. I mean, granted it was a, uh, it was a, a fight night that followed a huge pay-per-view card, but, uh, and, and the main event pulled out, but still, a ton of eyeballs on Kennedy and Zechku now, especially after the performance. Um, so he's going to have a bit of a platform going forward. And I'm sure he would love to raise awareness for MS, which is just a, it's just a heartbreaking disease um, in, in which your immune system basically starts attacking your brain. Um, just, just brutal. And it's, it's gotta be awful to have a loved one that's, that's going through that. So, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully he's able to start working with a good charity and, and all the smart people out there are, are doing great research to, um, make some strides towards curing this and some many other, uh, horrible things, um, that we experience as human beings. Um, forgive me if my voice is a little hoarse tonight, um, still recovering from this kind of throat injury I sustained a couple of weeks ago. It just seems to keep reactivating. And then got some allergies going on too, because I'm doing a little construction in the house and I had to crawl up into the attic tonight to bring down the Christmas decorations. The kiddo wanted to uh, start working on the Christmas decorations. So, you know, I had to make my uh, biannual trip into the attic to bring down all the trees and lights and wreaths and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so she had a blast with that today. But, um, yeah, my daughter woke up this morning with a fever, though. So it's not a great way to uh, kick off the holidays. She'll probably be sick for a couple of days. Uh, she tends to bounce back pretty quick, but... Uh, it's always a bummer when your kid is sick because it's it, they're so little and helpless. You know, you you just wanna you just wanna take their place if you could. Um, but she's she's tough. She'll bounce back real quick from it. But I I don't know if that's if that's why my voice my voice is sounding weird too. And if you guys are missing Jeff the Animal Wilson, so am I. Um, he texted me today asking to do an episode and I hit him up about an hour and a half ago, <laughs> letting him know I was going to go live. Um, and then I waited as long as I could and it's, you know, it's now nine 30 Eastern time and I haven't heard back from the animal, but he, he's a man of mystery. You know, he, uh, <laughs> just when you think you got a hold of the guy. 
uh, he slips right through your fingers. You know, he's like, uh, like John Wick or something. So, anyway, my buddy Matt says my voice sounds exactly as it always does. I feel like, I, I feel like a, a little more vibrato in my throat. So I, I feel like it's different, but it's good to know it sounds the same. So, just um, the same, same golden pipes, just with a different vibe, I guess. All right. So bumped up to the co-main event, heavyweight matchup between Waldo Cortez Acosta and Chase Sherman. This was just a one-sided battering. Uh, I mean, Waldo was just, he was just landing at will on Chase Sherman pretty much. Um, Chase was able to get inside a couple times. But um, if you saw... Cortez Acosta at the post-fight press conference. I mean, he was laughing. He didn't have a scratch on him. It looked like a pre-fight press conference, whereas Chase Sherman's face was completely red. It was just just beat red from from getting battered for three rounds. Um, I think two of the judges gave one round to Chase Sherman. It must have been the first round because... Um, I wasn't watching that one very closely, so I I assume it has to be because it couldn't have been two or three because I can tell you for sure that um, Cortez Acosta won those two rounds. So uh, he looked great. That What worries me about this guy is that heavyweight, here he was unloading on Chase Sherman, who is tough. You know, Chase has a lot of experience. He's... He's been in there with a lot of other experienced guys, and and um, we we know he can take a lot of punishment. But I mean, Waldo was landing flush, like clean power shots, and he wasn't able to get Chase out of there. It came close a couple times, so I would I would worry about you know building him up too fast. I mean, the the guy fights a lot, so. It, and and the heavyweight is not a division where you can build people up slowly. Like it's pretty, it's a pretty thin division. But here, this was his fifth fight in 2022. So, I mean, the guy clearly loves to be active. So he had two fights outside of the UFC. Then in August, he appeared on uh, the Contender Series, won by TKO there. First fight in the UFC, Jared Vandera, no no easy outing there. And then Chase Sherman. Um, and he said he wants to fight 10 times in 2023. Um, yeah, but my concern would be he's only got nine fights under his belt. If you start putting him in there with some of these upper echelon guys, you know, even if you're looking at the top 15 uh, of heavyweight here, uh, Shamil Abdurahimov would be a handful. Blagoy Ivanov uh, would be a test. You know, that's a guy that's that's tough to get out of there. You got Spivak, obviously, who was just supposed to fight uh, in a in the main event. Chris Dawkins, that might be an interesting fight. But then once you get past that, 
this top 10 is like, you know, if you can't, if you can't knock out Chase Sherman, hitting them flush, you're not knocking out Rosenstrike. So there's all that to consider. I don't want to put the guy down, but that was just my, that was just my thought after watching the fight. You know, he's landing flush, clean shots the whole time. And, um, you know, couldn't get the job done, but so it goes. Maybe Chase Sherman's chin is just that good. Um, one of the one of the best fights of the night, Muslim Salikov and Andre Fialo. Fialo, man, this dude is like next level tough. Here's another guy who who likes to fight a lot. I think this was his fifth fight of the year, also. Um Salikov threw everything at this dude. Um and then Salikov got hit with a shot in, in his left eye. It looked like a broken orbital bone in the first round. He comes back, and then he starts wailing on Fialo. He drops him a few times, takes him down, shows he's got some wrestling, too, because, of course, uh, he's from Dagestan, even though he's he's more of a striker. He touts himself as a striker. He fights as a striker. He throws, like, spinning back kicks and things like that. But, of course, he can wrestle a little bit. Um, and then Fialo comes back. And then, you know, Salikov is just unloading on him. And the ending sequence was nuts because Salikov hits a spinning back kick right to the midsection of Fiala that drops him. And he drops and just sits down on the cage with his back to the cage. Uh, and then he blinks and stands right back up. Uh, it was crazy. But then Salikov swarmed him and was able to get the TKO with punches against the cage. And Fiala was not happy about the stoppage, but, um, you know, he was, he was taking a, he was taking a damn beating there. Um, and, and he had taken a lot of headshots up to that point. So not a bad stop by Chris Tognoni. I mean, yeah, he probably could have let it go, but it, at that point it didn't seem like Fiala was going to be able to, mountain offense you know he may have been able to defend himself for four minutes but it it wouldn't have been pretty so Salikov coming away with a win there and then uh man jack della madalena this dude i i don't like saying that he made it look easy because this is a high level fight and Danny Roberts is a tough fighter in this welterweight division. But God damn, he made it look easy. This guy was so precise with his strikes. Uh, there was not an ounce of wasted energy from Jack Della Maddalena. I mean, he was he was shelling up, which I I definitely don't recommend doing uh in MMA with those small gloves, but you know, he was staying just out of range and, and he was, he was looking right between his shell. He was so accurate with his strikes, uh, puts down Danny Roberts in the first round. This is how many first round stoppages is this for Jack Della Madalena? Um, all right. So three in a row. So his, 
only three, his only fights in the UFC, all first round TKOs. Um, so here's a guy who turned pro in 2016. I want to say, yeah, lost his first two fights in 2016, then goes on a 13 fight winning streak. And now here he is in the UFC, 26 years old. And I have to say, probably one of the brightest prospects of this welterweight division. And I understand he comes from Perth in Australia. And I also understand that there's a card coming up there in the coming months. So let's see, what are we going to do with Jack Della Maddalena? I think looking at the rankings, if you want to get him a ranked fight on that Perth card, which I don't know why you wouldn't. Michelle Perea is a, a, a nice option. I think that would be a really fun fight because Della Maddalena is so tight, so technical, so defensively sound, but Perea throws, you know, wild stuff. Um, I don't know if a Michael Chiesa fight really interests me at this point. Uh, I would have him stay away from Shavkat Rachmanov. I would like to see those two kind of, you know, build up their individual tracks and fight closer to um, when they're both closer to contendership. I got to say I, a fight I would love, but it doesn't make sense for Jeff Neal is Jeff Neal versus um Jack Della Maddalena, because that's two strikers who are both very technical, um, both waste very little energy. Um, they it would be like fighting, you know, mirror images. Hold a phone, folks. Hold the damn phone a second. We gotta welcome <laughs> all the way from the garden. <laughs> So he tells me. Jeff. The animal. Wilson. Jeff. How was that nap, buddy? Bill, sorry, man. I woke I'm sorry, man. I, I was invited to a yeah, party at not on. What are you doing here? What are you doing to me? Really it's not? I don't, I don't need this stress in my life, Jeff. Can't hear you. Says your microphone's not connected. All right. So Jeff is here. I can see him. But I can't hear him. Did you fix it, Jeff? Anyway, I'm going to keep talking here. So what I'm talking about is I want to see Jeff Neal fight. Jack Della Maddalena, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, other than that, I think if you want to get him a ranked opponent, it's going to have to be Michelle Perea or Daniel Rodriguez. Okay, Bill, can you hear me now? Daniel Rodriguez will be a fun fight, too, for that Perth card. Bill, can you hear me now? Jeff's still trying to figure out how to plug in his microphone here. He's been traveling around the world. This is a, a set of skills that he had to leave behind. Uh, Hello, while he can was you in hear me? South America and Puerto Rico. And Dude, this is so weird. 
Boston and all these other places. You just plug it in, Jeff. It's just one little cord. All right. <clears throat> Let's continue down the line here. Um, one of the craziest fights of the night, Charles Johnson and Zalgas Zumagulov. Um, this fight was just nuts. As in, both of these guys got hit in the nuts a lot. Um, Bill, can by you hear each me other. I think there was a few eye pokes there as well. These guys were just exchanging low blows back and forth. Charles Johnson comes away with the split decision victory. Um, now we lost Jeff altogether. Now he just he he just left the whole show. So he came in and teased us, um, and, and then he took off. So I'll put this back on the screen here. I'm assuming he's restarting his computer so he can get in here. I'm going to have to edit this to like put my introduction like later. I'm lying. I'm not going to do that. That's way too much work. Those of you who listen to the audio only version of this, which is like 99.9% .9 of you, um, you know that I do very minimal editing for this i put, throw the theme song on the beginning with my little disclaimer and uh you know we're good to go so charles johnson comes away with the split decision win but uh the, the way this fight went down was just unfortunate because it was just you know foul after foul it got a little frustrating to watch um after a bit and hopefully we get jeff in here because he was telling me about the prelims which I, I didn't catch any of them, so maybe you could fill me in. Actually, that's not true. I did watch one. Jeff, are you here? Bill, check one, two. Is this stupid thing on? No, if no. you're talking, I can't. Oh, my gosh. All right, hold on. So, I don't know what's going on. Hold on. I don't know what's going on over there in the Wilson household. Try without the microphone. See if your laptop just picks you up. All right, folks. Pardon the technical difficulties here. Uh, I'm going to have to skip all of Bill, is this any better? I'm going to have to go to the very first one, which I did watch. Natalia Silva and Teresa Bleda. Bill, is this any better? Can you hear me now? Bill. Oh, Jeff, talk now. Bill, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, now I can. Those was my headphones that Dude. were unplugged. <laughs> it's a good thing. Uh, uh, it's a good thing the good people in the comments Pelosi, are vouching uh, for you because they heard you and I didn't. I got to turn my... So it's me that's out of practice talking to somebody else on this thing. How you doing, kid? Okay. I don't know if you're telling me to wait or you're just responding in sign language. Okay. Okay. All right, Bill, can you hear me now? Yeah. Are you going to okay. say anything? You're just going right. to ask uh, if I Bill, can hear I'm you. Bill, I'm awesome. Bill, um, 
Yeah, sorry about being late. I, I just got back from a party at Nancy Pelosi's house. So, <laughs> Oh, man. Did you get hammered? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and not, not the way that I would have preferred. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, well, that's what happens at those parties. <laughs> but, um, but, Bill, unfortunately, dude, I don't know if it's the time change. It feels like I'm in a different time zone. At five o'clock, everything just gets dark. So, um, <clears throat> so, dude, I I watched the prelims, but I I missed a good chunk of the main card, like everything except the main event. Well, that's perfect because I finished talking about the main card, so you can fill me in on the prelims. But first of all, you got to fill the folks in here, Jeff. Because do I understand correctly that you went to Boston, Massachusetts? which is the the setting of one of your favorite sitcoms of all time that I introduced you to. I'm talking about Cheers, of course. And you did not visit the Cheers bar in Quincy Market. Yeah, Am I getting dude, this I, right, Jeff? Yeah, unfortunately, I, w- I was there with, uh, with a big group of people. And, you know, Cheers, I want to go there, but it's something I want to enjoy by myself. You know, like I, I know these cats, they're they're a little younger than I am. They wouldn't have enjoyed it. So um, the plan is to probably some point in December, go back to Boston by myself. You know, now that I got to know the area around a little bit more and go to Cheers by myself. Because well, Jeff, uh, I recall a young man in my life who didn't know about Cheers. And you know what I did? I didn't assume that he wouldn't like it. I decided to educate this young man and expose him to it. And it changed his life. Oh, dude, it definitely did. I still quote Cheers and Frazier. But, um, but dude, nah, it, it's different, man. The youth of today is different, Bill. I don't appreciate Jack's shit. So. Can I tell you, Jeff, my favorite Norm line? When Norm walks into the bar and they say, what are you up to, Norm? And he says, my ideal weight if I was 11 feet tall. <laughs> Dude, um, one, that's like, that's one of my top three lines. But also, I when I go into Cheers, I want to open the door and say, afternoon, everybody, and see if anybody turns around and says, Norm! Because <laughs> if they don't, I got to walk out of there, man. It'd be better if they were like, the animal. <laughs> that, dude, that I think that would shock me. But uh, I think my favorite Norm uh, entrance one-liner <clears throat> is um, is when he's like, uh, "It's a dog eat dog world," and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Norm was such a great character because in the beginning he was like an accountant or something, and then he lost his job, and then he just, he was just hanging out at the bar. For like two or three seasons, jobless, like hiding from his wife. And then all of a sudden he started painting houses, which like you would think you'd have to be a little more fit to do. But he was like, yeah, you know, I figured like three years of drinking beer um, and not doing much else qualifies me to paint houses. But like in this economy, he'd probably still be one of the hardest workers in the room. Oh, dude, he'd probably be the only worker in the room. Um, Bill, I don't, I don't know what it is about this generation that everybody's like, well, you know, this job sucks, so I'm just going to be bad at it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I I mean, I, I assume it's not going to get any better with all the like with COVID and the remote learning and, um, you know, the generation coming up, not having a lot of exposure to uh, like human parents. interaction. Um, it, it's probably going to make these things worse. I was talking to I was talking to a friend about this yesterday, actually. We were talking about, you know, different forms of anxiety and stuff. And I, I was like, yeah, I have anxiety, but I have like the old school kind where I like bottle up all my emotions and it makes me hate being around people, but I can still function and and interact with people and like go to work. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I'm I'm in that same boat, man. Like, I, I have a general dislike of people. I mean, you know me, Bill. I get along with a very few people. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I tell my students this all the time. You're not going to like everybody you meet. But, you know, you learn to get along for, for whatever time you have together. And then you go home and you don't have to worry about them for a few hours. Yeah. You go home and you bitch to your spouse about them until your spouse starts resenting you for bitching about people so much. It's a vicious cycle, Jeff. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and after we get after we get off of this call, I can go tell my wife, I'm like, Jeff didn't show up for an hour and a half. I was texting him. Dude, I told you I was at a party at Nancy Pelosi's house. I couldn't yeah, get no, out of there. I guess I can excuse that one, but Pixar, it didn't happen. All right. So, Jeff, I was just about to talk about this first fight of the prelims, Natalia Silva um, against Teresa Bleda. And so this was a spinning back kick right to the chest plate. So Bleda was changing levels mm -hmm. right as Silva threw the spinning back kick. It was perfect timing for Silva. Horrible timing for Blada. If you guys miss this fight, you have to go back and watch the highlight. I mean, this is a cracked sternum at minimum. And then Blada, to her credit, I wouldn't say she was fighting back, but she was like flailing in a way that looked like fighting. Uh, meanwhile, she she's definitely got a cracked sternum, like maybe a punctured lung. Um, and then Chris Tognoni stepped in there like pretty quickly, but, um, give me a reaction to this one, kid. Dude. Um, this was a great way to start the card, dude. Um, th this was probably my favorite fight on the prelims, but, uh, honestly, a lot of the prelims were decisions, but they were, they were great fights, dude. But for me, this was this was my favorite fight on the prelims because it was really competitive. It was looking really good. Uh, this finish came in the third round, and Natalia Silva, man, uh, you know, credit to 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 Bleda here. I, I know I'm probably mispronouncing that, but um, credit to her, dude, because she was putting in work, man. Um, she was mixing it up pretty well. I, I thought she wasn't doing too bad on the feet, but Natalia Silva, man, like you said, the timing on that was ridiculous because she starts turning and Bleda starts dropping her level and she just meets this nasty spinning back kick. And, um, I thought it was a great stoppage from the ref because it, it looked like she tried to finish the takedown and 
she was she was dude she looked like a fish that i don't know i don't know how many people have gone fishing but when you pull a fish right out of the water and it starts you know jumping all over the place that's what she looked like and uh credit to bleda for for trying to continue fighting but man good stoppage can we get some statistics on that i need my producer to look that up how many people have gone fishing Let's see, there's almost 8 billion people in the world. I'd say... I'd say 6 billion people have gone fishing. Mm, I don't know, Bill. I mean... Fishing is not everybody's thing. People don't like being outdoors anymore, Bill. That's true. I mean, it's not my thing, but I've gone. Like, I've done it. Oh, yeah, fishing's awesome, dude. It's like... It's like yoga, but I can still hunt for stuff. Well, next time you come down, <clears throat> actually, Ariana was just asking the other day, when's Jeff going to visit again? <laughs> oh, really? That's funny, dude. <laughs> but uh, next time you come down, we got to go snook fishing. That's the thing to do down here. People go crazy over these snook. Bill, I thought we were going to go to the gun range and then hunt for gutter snipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could do that, too. Snipe um, hunting. Snipe hunting. Thing. I want to do All right. It. Yeah, we can do that. Um, yeah, but this this is why I tell people all the time you can't you can't just shoot for a takedown cold, like without a setup. You gotta you gotta stick a jab in the face or something to make sure something like this isn't coming your way. Um you need to have a feeler, like for a lot of reasons. One to distract from the takedown coming and Two, like, so you can gauge your distance. Like, she was she was pretty far out when she changed her level. Yeah. Um, you know, if she had been in close enough to take that shot, uh, she would have been in on the legs before that leg whips around. Um, so very unfortunate timing for Blada. But, um, yeah, I mean, a highlight reel for Silva, performance of the night bonus. Uh, which also went to Jack Della Maddalena, Muslim Salikov, and Kennedy and Zechiku. Uh, so, Jeff, if you missed any of those fights, I highly recommend go back and watch Jack Della Maddalena. And uh, Muslim Salikov and Andre Fialo was the fight of the night for me. Um, that fight was phenomenal. Yeah, dude. Um, Andre Fialo was ready to die in there, dude. I think it was a great stoppage. Um from Chris Tagnoni. He saved Fialio from himself, man. Mm-hmm. Because uh, after that that uh that spinning back kick, the the spinning wheel kick, um he dude, it looked like his brain was restarting. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it looked like it was doing an update or something, man, cuz he kind of just stood there for a second, man. It, it was it was a little scary to watch, man. I'm I'm really I was really happy with that stoppage. Yeah, it was like a robot that got powered off. And then somebody just flipped it back on. It was insane. Um, but yeah, I, I was saying earlier that dude just is next level tough. Um, give me throw another one at me from these prelims, Jeff, because everything before Charles Johnson and Zuma Gulov, uh, I missed except for Silva and Blada. So uh, fill in the blanks for me here. What do I need to go back and watch? Um, the Brady high stand versus Fernando Garcia fight was really good. Uh, very grappling heavy. 
Um, High Stand was actually the the underdog in that one, but he he did really well. I felt like he uh, probably lost. Um, I want to say lost the second round uh, or the first round. One of those two rounds I gave to uh, to Garcia. But uh, High Stand, I felt like he did a really, really good job using his wrestling to to shut Garcia down. But, Bill, for me, the best fight on the, on the undercard was Ricky Tercios versus Kevin Natividad. Bill, this fight was balls to the wall. It was coast to coast and pillar to post, dude. Uh, so back and forth. Um, really, really grappling heavy. Um, there were a couple of points where it looked like um, Ricky Tercios was out of it, but he was just able to kind of wrestle his way back in, man, creating a lot of scrambles. Um, not bad on the feet. was really good on the feet. But, man, they, Bill, this fight was all over the place. It was, there was a lot of grappling, a lot of stand-up. Um, but, dude, uh, credit to Ricky Tercios, man, because it looked like Natividad had him in some pretty bad spots. Mm. Um and as you can see in the results, it was a split decision. So personally, I felt like it could have gone to Kevin Natividad, but I was not. I didn't feel like he got robbed. Mm-hmm. I felt like Ricky Tercios deserved the win, especially um, the end of the third round. I felt like it really sealed it for Ricky Tercios. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, great fight! A lot of back and forth, man. Um, anytime there's a split decision, I feel like there there's some questions. But for this one, I felt like it could have gone either way. So Tercios risen up to dad. If there's only one fight from the undercard that you have time to watch, watch that one. For me, it was fight of the night, man. Oh, cool. All right. Better than the uh, Salikov and Fialio fight? Oh, man, that was really good, too. <laughs> but uh, but um, so I only caught the end of the Fialio fight. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so I'll give it to Tercios versus Natividad for for lack of knowledge mm-hmm. on this Fialio fight. But dude, Fialio is a freaking Spartan, man. All right, so I'll, I'll definitely check that one out. Um, I was curious about how the Jennifer Maya Marina Moroz fight went. Was that a close one, or was it pretty clear cut? Uh, I felt like it was pretty close. Um. Maya did a lot more work in the first two rounds and Moroz had this surge at the end of the, at like in like the middle of the third round. Um, I was expecting a little bit more out of Moroz, but, mm-hmm. uh, but you had some, a really tough opponent. All right, cool. Um, so I think I started glancing over this earlier, but what are we going to do with Kennedy and Zechiku here? Um, I mean, he was taken down by Kutalaba, who is significantly smaller, should probably drop down to middleweight, in my opinion. Um, and he, you probably didn't hear me talk about this earlier, Jeff. I was thinking, like, you know, he's 6'1", or whatever he is, or six foot, um, but and he's a pretty thick dude. I don't know how much weight he cuts, but then I thought he's fought Jared Cannonier. So if Cannonier can make 185, I think Kutalaba can too, and I think there's a lot of fun fights for him there. But what do we do with the main event winner in Zechiku here? Um, do you start working them into this top 15 or do you pump the brakes a little bit? I th- I think you can you can actually start to work him into the top 15 here. I'd actually love to see him fight Khalil Roundtree, dude. Mm. Um, I feel like somebody goes to sleep in that fight. Yeah, that's a fun one. Um, I, I think... I think his uh, his grappling got exposed a little bit mm. 
in this fight. You know, he was taken down by Kutalaba, who's, you know, a really good wrestler. Uh, I think a lot of people don't even realize he's got that Greco-Roman background um, because he's known more as a power puncher. So if you start looking at the top of this list, it's a pretty scary place. But but by the time he gets up there, like Glover Teixeira won't be around. Maybe Jan Blahovich won't be there anymore. Um, but then you got Rakich to worry about. Anthony Smith might be around for a little while. If you're looking at good grapplers, Paul Craig, I would definitely keep him away from for a while. Yeah. Um, the, you know, we don't want to, cause Paul Craig will just pull guard and we don't know what in Zechiku's, uh, submission defense is really like at this point. Um, I'd be comfortable putting him in there with Ozdemir. I think that's a fun fight, but I wouldn't want to jump him into the top 10 right now. Yeah. Uh, I think Johnny Walker would be a really fun fight. I was thinking that as well. Like um, Roundtree or Walker, really good options. Uh, uh, Dominic Reyes, I I don't think will be back in there for a while. So, yeah, not after what Ryan Span did to him. Um, <clears throat> yeah, crazy. I mean, you know, Ryan Span and, and Zechiku would be fun also, but maybe a little bit down the line. Yeah, um, but yeah, dude, just going back really quick to that span over Reyes finish, man. I mean, Reyes' head was bouncing off the canvas, dude. That was nasty. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think looking at top 15, I only see Roundtree or Johnny Walker being good matchups for for, uh, NGQ. But um, it's tough, man, because like you said, his, his grappling needs some work. Uh, that is apparent, and mm-hmm. you know the top, the top ten guys all have grappling, dude. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, aside from the champ Prohaska, um, pretty much. Yeah, you got some, well, well, you got Jamal Hill too. Jamal Hill is not going to take him down. Mm. So there's no, and and then you got Ankalaev also. Not huge on the grappling. Um, but yeah, still dangerous territory. I wouldn't mind uh seeing Dustin Jacoby. Yeah, yeah, that I would feel be okay with that. Too. I mean, he's solid, well rounded. He might try to take it to the ground. But yeah, man. And and Zechiku is impressive. And then I, I was even more impressed with like his post fight and everything. Um, talking about how he takes care of his mom and uh, who has MS and everything like that. So um, it, it, he's just the kind of guy like you wish continued success for. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's such a nice guy, man. <clears throat> All right. Um, you haven't been on the show in a while. Are there any fights that took place over the last few weeks you want to give your take on? Um, what, what's going on? What's going through your head? Um. Uh, hold on. Uh, let me look up last week's card because there was. Um, oh, dude, how can I not talk about this? Uh, Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. How mm-hmm. great was that, man? Um, so back. Yeah, and I forth, heard of it. So back and forth. <laughs> Bill, I was listening to, to your take on it uh, last week. And um, and yeah, I was really surprised 
that uh, Poirier was able to submit Chandler for the same reason you said. Um, you know, Dustin Poirier is a great fighter, but Michael Chandler is just such a tough dude mm. that he I, – I thought he was going to go out before he tapped. Um, yeah. Last week. Um, last weekend, I should say. But, dude, uh, what a great fight, man. So back and forth. And, Bill <clears> – excuse me. I was kind of thinking – that Dustin Poirier could win this fight just because of his fight IQ and um, Michael Chandler. He's a, he's a bit wild in there. And I feel like Dustin Poirier is so calm and collected that Mm -hmm. he, that he would have been able to kind of, you know, you know, kind of weather that storm, which he ended up kind of doing. Um, Yeah. I mean, Poirier wound up on top at the end because Chandler was pretty much too explosive with that high crotch takedown. Um, he, you know, he he shot through a little too far. You know, um, Poirier tried to go for that leg pass, which um, Gaethje was able to pull off on Chandler, which is a super athletic um, move in wrestling. Uh, Poirier kind of tried to go for it, but uh Chandler exploded so quickly through that takedown um that Poirier wound up on top from the scramble. Yeah, dude. Um it, it was crazy and that's that's what I love about grappling is is creating those is is seeing those scrambles and seeing who can kind of come out on top mm-hmm. in in those positions. But uh great 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 performance from Dustin Poirier. Great performance from Michael Chandler too. And this is what I wanted, man. I wanted these two guys to just tr- get in there and try to take each other's heads off. And I felt like Poirier was a little bit more composed in doing so. Um what else did I want to talk about? Uh, I never realized how short Michael Chandler's legs were until he tried to take Dustin Poirier's back. Yeah. It it looks like when when I when I'm on the floor and my kid tries to jump on my back and like her feet can't touch the floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it reminded me of when Chandler tried to put his hooks in on Poirier. <laughs> oh man, yeah, dude. Um yeah, Chandler, I feel like he's kind of short for lightweight, dude. But at the same time, he's so muscled out that I don't think he could make any smaller divisions. Yeah, well, if he's if he's like five feet, four inches tall, he's five feet, six inches wide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man, that's um, a good one, Bill. That explains uh, why he's at lightweight. I don't I I really don't think. He can. He would have to like severely emaciate himself to make 145. Yeah, dude, he'd be like a walking head, man. Yeah, I don't think it's in the cards. Um, and how can I not mention Matt Frivola versus Otman Isatar, Bill? I mean, I dude, as soon as I as I saw this fight last week, I texted you. I was like, Bill, tell me you saw that. <laughs> um, yeah, great, dude. He knocked that guy's block off, and he took his O, which is. Always impressive when you got a guy running a hot streak like that. Yeah, I saw a great meme where it was um, the Pennywise the clown from It, you know, and he's like in the gutter, like trying to lure the kid down. And he's like, we've got undefeated fighters down here. And then the next frame is Frivola crawling into the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it. Yeah, super happy for that guy. I got, I got a bunch of text messages. Uh, right after that knockout. And I appreciate that all of them 
were considerate of spoilers. <laughs> I think it was like eight or nine people texted me as that happened and not one of them spoiled it. And I had been watching it live, but um, I always appreciate the, the lack of spoilers because when you got a kid, Jeff, it's just like you can't catch everything, you know, especially the earlier fights when kiddo's still awake. Yeah, dude. Um, Bill, speaking of getting caught, how's your throat doing, dude? I know you got like throat chopped a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it was a, it was like a shoulder that that uh, hit me like right in the esophagus. I still feel like like some vibration there, but the listeners say my voice sounds the same as always. I, I don't know. How do I sound to you, Jeff? I mean, you sound like like you're a little plugged up, like your nose is a little stuffed. But um, but Bill, the week that it happened, I watched the show because you know I, I couldn't make it. I, I forget. I might have been in Boston that week. But um, but it, you had like this little lump on your throat. Mm-hmm. It, it was very concerning, Bill. Have you, did you get checked out yet? No, but like, I like it, it was I, like a bump below your Adam's apple. It was it, it was a little concerning to be honest. Yeah, is it gone now? Um, no. <laughs> Bill, you have a kid now, man. You gotta, you gotta start taking care of yourself. Dude. Well, it's not, it's not about you anymore. I got two Adam's apples now. Um, I, I didn't necessarily get it checked out, but I do have like a physical therapist guy that I work with who looked at it and he said it was just kind of swollen. Mm. Um, so I've just been doing ice and I've been doing like um, red light therapy, which is supposed to like. Uh, help rebuild the cells or heal the cells. So I don't know what the fuck it does, but um, you know, my wife did all the research on it and she was like, this works. And I'm like, Oh, great. So <laughs> dude, it's funny. You mentioned that. Cause I I've been thinking, and Bill, I told you about this. I want to get back into the gym really soon, like mm-hmm. tomorrow soon. Um, but I I've been, I've been seeing some stuff about red light therapy and I've heard good things about it, but how, how do you feel about it, Bill? Um, to me, it's, it, it's helped with some things. Um, you, you know, if I have like joint pain, it's, it's not like a quick fix. You got to do it. Like you got to do it consistently. Um, and you do it in like 10 minute, 10 minutes a day. Um, I think it's it's a little bit like there's probably benefits to it, but it's also one of those things where like if you believe it works, then it works. You know, that sort of thing. If you're like, oh, this is healing me. And then like you, you convince yourself that you're feeling better. It could be one of those things. But um, yeah, I mean, there's research on it. It seems to be it seems to be like a legit thing. Um. I mean, hopefully we don't find out 10 years from now that like does some kind of damage. Like I have like an arm growing out of my throat or something. Yeah, Bill, I'll just stick to praying and protein after practice. Well, if I have an arm grow out of my throat, at least it will stop anybody else from hitting me in the throat. I guess that's fair. Um, Block those shots. Yeah. Um, Bill, really quick, going back to last week's card. You mentioned uh, this dude, Claudio Puez, uh, losing to Dan Hooker because he was trying to pull guard. Bill, I was in Peru for three weeks. I could have helped this guy out with his submission game, dude. 
Um, <laughs> you mean with and, his wrestling? Yeah, dude. I mean, I would have taught him that you don't pull guard. But um, but Matt Temple is absolutely correct, Bill. I should be a brown belt by now. But at the same time, I shouldn't because I've not put in the work to be a brown belt. So, uh, I mean, in, in this economy, Jeff, <laughs> you don't have to put in work anymore. I know. I just got to show up. They'll, they'll just yeah. give you a purple belt tomorrow. Yeah. Like, hey, I came back. So, um, you going to promote me or? <laughs> Dude. Um... Or do I have to leave you a bad Yelp review? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Bill, that's a good one, dude. Dude, I want to say that to Alan one of these days. No, I want to say that to Sodeco. Yeah. Alan Teo would not give me the belt I felt I deserved <laughs> after three years off waltzing back in the gym, traveling the world, and declaring to the internet that I deserve a purple belt, and he didn't give it to me. Oh, man. One star. If I could, I would give it zero. <laughs> oh man bill that's hilarious dude um what sucks is i was i was doing really well i was training in august um for like five weeks before uh, i went to aruba with my friends and then peru and then when i got back from peru i fell off really bad Mm. um but yeah dude it's fine i'll be in like three weeks i'll be I'll, i'll get the mojo back um like for me the biggest thing is just cardio i mean like my mind remembers what to do my body just can't do it in time I feel like, but after a few mm. weeks, everything kind of starts to sync up. I feel like there you go. Get back on the mats, kid. Um, you want to give me your thoughts on Alex Padilla or what? Bill, he's, he's, he's a scary pretend like that one didn't happen. <clears throat> Bill, he's a scary man. I mean, you, you said it, you said it absolutely correctly last week. Like you said, I don't think this guy's ever smiled. Um, uh, he probably, he probably doesn't like birthdays. Um, but yeah, dude, this guy's got, like you said, man, he's got ice in his blood. And I was watching something, uh, that Chael Sonnen was saying, um, that Joe Rogan was saying something about, um, potatoes size and, and being sanctioned cheating. Um, because, you know, after he makes weight, he's probably like two twenty something on fight night. But mm-hmm. I mean, in, it, in my opinion, listen, if he could make the weight the, at the, window that he's supposed to make it let him get in there and fight man but dude mm. uh like you said adesanya was doing everything right you know last week he won four for me i didn't even give potato a second round for me i could see that being four rounds to zero heading into that fifth round and then his cornerman and bill you, you yeah um and bill you you highlighted this as well his cornerman said to him listen you got five minutes to be the world champ. And he took that and said, okay, I'm going to slaughter this guy. And, Bill, I disagree. I did not think it was an early stoppage. Um, I thought it was a good stoppage because Adesanya was just not reacting the right way. Did uh, I say it was an early stoppage? Yeah. And then you said that you went back and watched in slow-mo, and then you felt like it wasn't an early stoppage. But then you went back and watched in even slower uh, mo. Yeah. And you were, and you said that um, that uh, that Izzy looked like maybe he had a little bit, a little something left. Mm. Um, I couldn't decide. I think it was just because it was Mark Goddard. That's that's why I was like, that's why I need to question this. But uh, which one's Mark Goddard again? Is he is he the British dude? 
Yeah. With the slick back hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I don't blame you for. for yeah. For, yeah. I, I. I don't like that guy, man. I, I don't know what it is about him. It's just something about him is just obnoxious to me. But, yeah. um, but dude, I thought it was a good stoppage. Izzy, I felt like Izzy was out on his feet. Um, I felt like Goddard had given him the championship, the, the that championship respect to kind of take a whooping to see if he would fight back. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Bill, I didn't realize that is that Adesanya said this until you mentioned it last week, that uh, that he said that if it had been uh, Mario Yamasaki, it would have been fine. <laughs> I don't know, uh, Steve Mazzagatti. Oh, Steve Mazzagatti. Yeah. yeah. Mario Yamasaki would have been fine, too. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, but, yeah. Um, Bill, you know me. I'm not the biggest fan of Adesanya. But I liked that he was able to laugh it off. Um, and I agree with you, Bill. I think Adesanya does deserve a rematch. Um, you know, yeah, is he 0-3 he against this guy? Yeah, but two, two of those fights were in a different sport. This is MMA. This isn't kickboxing. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, Izzy has that big body of work, man, uh, especially as a champ. Uh, what does he have, like five, four or five title defenses? Um. Yeah, I think he was about to tie Anderson Silva's record or something. Yeah, so I think Adesanya more than deserves a rematch. Um, yeah, but Jeff, I need to see Perea versus Prohaska. Oh, dude, that would be like uh, that would be like a Mortal Kombat, like well, like watching somebody play Mortal Kombat. I feel I like. need the fight. I need that fight in my life, and just the buildup would be so like. So enjoyably awkward just because you have two guys that are like both like very stoic and weird. Yeah. Yeah. I think the interview would be 40 minutes of them not talking to each other. Yeah. They're just like, just like cold staring each other. Like, <laughs> see, it's been, it's been 50 minutes and neither one of them has blinked. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But when you're talking about Perea, seems like a guy who doesn't like birthdays i just i just pictured like him in in brazil and somebody comes up and is like alex feliz cumpleaños and he just looks at them and he goes no feliz (laughs) (laughs) oh man (laughs) which i believe that's the same in portuguese if i'm not mistaken bill we're over here talking about all this mma nonsense and the world cup started today what are we doing what are we doing? What's the World Cup? It's it's this trophy that the United States soccer team is probably never going to win in my lifetime. Oh. Why are they bad? Yeah. And everybody's... <laughs> yeah. Dude, everybody's talking about how this year they have probably the best team ever assembled. I disagree. I disagree. I don't think... I, I think this team has some very good players. But I don't think it's the best team ever put together. The Are best they... team ever put together was in 2014, I want to say, when Jorgen Klinsmann was the coach. So Jorgen Klinsmann was this German dude who's – well, he is this German dude. He's won like a couple of World Cups with Germany. And what he started doing was he brought in all the U.S. players that were born in like other countries. So like um, – like there were a bunch of uh, United States players who were born in Germany because their parents were stationed there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Bill, I thought so. That team 
uh, right before the 2014 World Cup. They played a friendly against Germany, and they beat Germany 4-3. Bill, this, this has, like, never happened again or since. So I felt like that was the team that could have won the World Cup. But they fired him because there's a lot of nepotism in, in U.S. soccer. So they basically the federation wants the coach to use as many players from the United States League as they can. But the United States League of Soccer is absolutely terrible. No, Feliz. Exactly. <laughs> now you're catching on, Bill. All right. So um, <laughs> give me your prediction. Who's winning the World Cup? One team. Um, Let's get it on record. Damn, it's rough. But I think, I think Brazil can win it this year. And I'm not saying that because they're Brazil. I'm saying that because they have not had a really good attacking team in a long time. Ever since, uh, I want to say like, since like 2006, I feel like they haven't had a great offensive side. But this year, I feel like they're really balanced. Uh, they have good offense and defense. Um, I was going to pick France, but France has a bunch of injuries. Um, you could probably make another soccer team with all the injuries that France has. Um, that team would suck. Yeah, dude. I like I like Argentina too. Argentina have a really good attacking side, but Bill, I'm not a big fan of Messi. I don't think he's a good leader. I think he's immature. I think he's a diva. But I think the same thing. And he plays for Argentina. But I think the same thing about Neymar, who plays for Brazil. So if neither of those teams win the World Cup, I'll be happy. Yeah, well, if they put Alex Pereira out there, put my money on Brazil. Yeah, Bill, I think if they put Alex Pereira out there, I think the, I, I don't think the ref would give him a card out of yeah. fear. He would just walk down the field with the ball in his hand, <laughs> and everybody would get out of the way, <laughs> and he would just throw it past the goalie like, no, Feliz. <laughs> and, and the ref wouldn't say anything. Yeah, He would just allow this. They'd be like, oh, that one's actually two points. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to change the rule now. <laughs> uh, but those are my picks for the World Cup. Um, it's It kind of sucks because um, – so the World Cup is usually played in the summer, but this year it's in Qatar. So whatever hemisphere they're in is unbelievably hot, so they couldn't play it in the summer. Because, you know, the players probably would have died of heat stroke. And I but guess now, they don't have an indoor stadium. Yeah. But now um, they're playing it in the middle of, the, of a regular season. So there's like a whole bunch of countries have a whole bunch of injuries. And there's a bunch of guys missing out on the World Cup because they've just been playing too many games. Uh, the leagues have been scheduling a whole bunch of games close together. Mm -hmm. So to make to cover that gap of the of the World Cup being played. Um, because these guys are getting called up to play for their, you know, home nations and stuff. So to, so there's not going to be like any league action because the World Cup is for a month straight. So to cover that gap, all the leagues started putting their games closer together. Hmm. It's a shitty situation, Bill. So, like, so, how how does it end up in Qatar? Because it because they just have like all that petroleum over there so they're like they can, nah, they can they kind to, of bid for it 
I guess. Um, I mean, I don't know who agreed to this. I would, um, but, Bill, the 2026 World Cup is going to be hosted by the United States, Mexico, and Canada. So if you want to start saving up, Bill, we can go to the World Cup final. Or we could just watch it on TV. Yeah, I'll watch it on TV. Yeah. And, <laughs> right, and do I – oh, here, we have to talk about this on the show because this is relevant to MMA on the Rocks. Isn't it true that Qatar is a dry country, so they they don't allow alcohol, but you can – they're, like, making an exception, and you can purchase an alcohol package for, like, $19,000 or something absurd? Dude, I, I don't know about that package thing, but I do know that the stadiums, they're not going to be serving any alcohol. Um, and li- listen, dude, um, this is a Muslim country, so – um, I personally would love to go to Qatar and, and see the world cup in person, but you know, they, their laws are different. I, I just wouldn't risk it, man. There's I actually heard the story of this dude who was walking from like Spain all the way to Qatar and like hitchhiking and stuff, um, to, to go see the Spanish national team. And that's then he a got long a- ways. That's like, that's like hitchhiking across America. Yeah, dude, he started like three months ago. Um, like, he, <laughs> like, dude, he like tie he like timed it out so that he would be in Qatar for Spain's first game, and then he got arrested on the way there. So, um, yeah, dude, different laws. Um, you know, he's like, oh shit, I gotta leave. The World Cup's in three months. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get going. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah dude um bill so yeah um you know there, there's a lot of stuff i i would not um that i would not mess around with um you know like i said different laws different culture different lifestyle um yeah um so it, it's it's a weird situation um, and you know, the stadiums, they're not serving alcohol before, during, or after the games. I, I don't, I don't know what, what the fans are going to do. I, I had heard there was some exception, like some kind of VIP thing you could like, I don't know, maybe there's like a, a part of the stadium that they're building separate. That's like an embassy or something in there. And you could go in there and have a drink, but imagine being that guy that hitchhikes three three months across Europe spends the night in jail or whatever, and then gets there and there's no alcohol. And he's just like, no Feliz. (laughs) Dude. My question is, how is he planning to get back? Like, (laughs) Oh man. He's not, he's just going to stay in a, uh, Qatarian jail. Yeah, man. But, Bill, I'll tell you, today was the opener, and so far things have not been going well. Qatar had the opener against uh, Ecuador, and they lost 2-0. So. And they can't even drown their sorrows. No, they just have to bear it. They just have to go home and drink petroleum. Yeah, or milkshakes or something. Yeah. That's rough. I, yeah, I've, I, I've only been doing this no booze things for twenty days. I don't know how they do it for a lifetime over there. Well, you well, you're most of the way there. You only got ten more to go. And Bill, tomorrow the USA have their opener against Wales. I do not see it going well for them. Hmm. Wales have a pretty solid team. 
Oh, Matt, Matt Temple tells us that basically the club section can drink. It just so happens you have to have oil money to get those tickets. Yeah, well, there's a lot of rich people over there in Qatar. They're controlling the, that oil reserve. Yeah, but that's only 1%. The rest of the people there built the stadiums for the World Cup. They're still building it. It's not done yet. They're down there laying bricks like no please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, kid, you got anything else you want to get off your chest? It's been a while. Um, dude, I'm excited. I'm excited for um Yuri Priyaska versus versus uh Teixeira too. I feel like Teixeira only made one mistake, dude. I feel like <clears throat> I feel like I feel like we've been talking about Teixeira losing more than Prayaska winning. Mm. So I'm really interested to see how this second fight goes. And who knows? Maybe Yuri Prayaska has been working on some other stuff. Maybe he goes out and catches Clover Teixeira in a flying triangle. Yeah. I mean, he's probably been grappling mongoose in a cave somewhere. So is it mongoose or is it mongooses? Mongoose sounds correct. Yeah, I'd say so. If I was going to put money on I'd put money on Mongoose. Just like, it doesn't sound right. But before that card, we got um, we got Wonderboy versus Kevin Holland right here in Orlando in a couple of weeks. So no card next week. And then December 3rd, we got Wonderboy and, and Kevin Holland going at it. Bill, what am I, what am I supposed to do while I eat my Thanksgiving leftovers? Um, you can watch, um, you can watch the Brady Bunch movie on Tubi. Oh, <laughs> uh, Bill, I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at what Matt said in the chat. He said that Jeff Bryce Mitchell has been challenging Joe Rogan to a flat earth debate. Thoughts? Um, I'll be honest with you. I'd rather watch them no geek grapple each other. I don't know if I want to see that either. I, I want to see it, dude. I, I think Joe Rogan puts the hurt on Bryce Mitchell, man. No uh, gi with that 10th planet jujitsu, which our younger viewers will not understand because there's only eight planets now because they got rid of Pluto. Yeah, but he's like twice Bryce Mitchell's age. Exactly. It evens the odds, Bill. I think Bryce Mitchell will squeeze all the human growth hormone out of Joe Rogan, <laughs> but he definitely won't win a debate with him. <laughs> oh man, dude, I love Bryce Mitchell because I, that's what I like about Bryce Mitchell. He's a weird guy. He's just this weird Jack dude who's yeah. asking for cameo shorts. He, I imagine him in a debate would be like the water boy. Like, my mama says the earth is flat. <laughs> <laughs> There's something wrong with his medulla oblongata. <laughs> yeah. That's how I imagine it would go. Oh, dude, Bill, I love that movie, man. I'm going to have to watch that tonight. I just watched it recently, actually. I forget. It's on... Um, I think they just put it on Netflix or something. I forget where I watched it. It was just Dude. like one of those it's one of those movies you could always kind of throw on in the background like while you're just doing whatever and then you end up getting sucked into it and oh, then you're like, yeah. "Oh, where did that hour and a half go?" 
<laughs> yeah, dude. Um, Bill, I'll never forget. I think it was last school year. Um, one of my buddies who we're good friends because he he's like me. He's a Christian who also watches UFC, but um, but he dressed up as Farmer Fran for Halloween and he started talking <laughs> like him. I'm like, dude, we were we were meant to be friends, man. <laughs> That's great. Oh man, that's a good costume. That's like oh, a little niche, though. Like, did a lot of people get it? No, but I did. Who cares if anybody else got it? Um, oh, Bill, did you watch the? Uh, did you ever watch Hubie Halloween? No, but I've always kind of been curious about it. Is it good? Oh, dude, you have to. You have to. It's like, it's it's like a nod to all of all of the Adam Sandler movies, like. Huh. Uh, like Waterboy, there's some references to that. There's some references to um, what's that other one? Um, the one where uh, he he inherits all that money. Oh, Mr. Deeds. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Deeds. There's like a lot of references to to all those um, Happy Gilmore movies that hmm. that he's done. Uh, but yeah, Hubie Halloween. It's a good one, Bill. I think you would like it. They make great movies. I I really love the um. The David Spade one that came out, the wrong Missy. Dude, that has <laughs> been on my list and I have not had a chance to get around to it. Oh man, I had I went into it with very low expectations and it was hilarious. Hmm. Like I, I actually highly recommend it. And it was kind of one of those ones where like as I was watching it, I was like, I don't know about this. And then like after it was over, like the more I thought about it, I was like, that movie was really fucking funny. And I watched it again. <laughs> oh, man. I had that same experience, believe it or not, with The Hangover. I went and I saw The Hangover when it came out in the movies. And I left and I was like, eh. And then like three days later, I found myself like quoting it. Bill, what and do then- you mean? Why, why are you peppering the steak? Tigers love pepper. They hate cinnamon. <laughs> oh man, the Hangover is a good one. And the I like the second one too, and then the third one was weird. Yeah, was the third one the one they went to Thailand, or that was the second one? No, that was the second one where they went to Thailand. Yeah, that one was good. Yeah, dude. I was, a friend of mine was like, "It was the same movie as the first one." And I was like, "Exactly. That's the whole point." Yeah, the kid was like in the ice chest the whole time or something. Yeah, and he lost his finger with his Harvard ring on it. Bill, who people people don't actually wear college rings, right? Like that's not a thing. I don't know. I never, I never bought one. Oh, I bought one. I've just never opened it. I've never looked at it. Are you sure it's there? Nah, I mean, I'm not going to wear it. I don't care. What if you open the box and it's not there and you're just looking down at it and you're like, no feliz. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'd be more scared of like a spider coming out of the box because I haven't opened it in so long. Mm. And there's just this daddy long leg sitting in there. Yeah, I guess I guess that would be unnerving. Well, Matt makes a good point. If you graduate from Harvard, you wear that bitch. I guess that's fair. Yeah. I I guess I would, too. Everybody I meet would be like, nice to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh man. Yeah, I think I'd be like actually I think I'd be like Frazier and just bring up Harvard in every conversation possible. Yeah. I'd be using it for like a modified rear naked choke grip. <laughs> People in the gym. I'm like, oh sorry, did I get my ring imprint in your neck? <laughs> it says Harvard. That's where I went to school. <laughs> oh man. Bill, I went to Harvard Square when I was in Boston and I hated it. It was just a whole bunch of drunk college kids. I'm like, I'm too old for this, man. Yeah. Um I I wasn't I've been to Boston and it's it's okay. But like people from there, like that's Mecca to them. Bill, I'm not gonna lie to you, I really enjoyed Boston. I just felt like I would have enjoyed it more if I had gone by myself. The baseball stadium is weird. It's like they started building it, and they're like, ah, fuck. We don't got enough room. We just built a fucking high-ass wall in the outfield on this side. <laughs> dude, I... Dude, that thing is like in like the middle of a highway. Yeah, I know. The, the, I think they really just like, oh, well, there's not enough room for a baseball stadium. Let's build half of one, and then we'll just put like a really high wall and be hard to hit the ball over it. <laughs> <laughs> dude um yeah i was we were driving to some restaurant and uh we we were behind the green monster i was like dude like the highway touches it like yeah it's it's like it's, it's like green monster highway yeah yeah i went to a game when i was there i forget i forget who they were playing like the blue jays or some shit um well yeah it was cool to see but uh, they were just like, oh, we don't have enough space. And then one guy was like, guys, I got a wicked good idea. We're just going to build a giant fucking wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> but yeah, and then it's pretty easy to get around Boston, too. Like the train system is is um is pretty easy. Yeah, I felt like driving through Boston wasn't bad either. I thought it was going to be like New York bumper to bumper traffic, and it was not. No, the problem is parking in Boston. Oh yeah, yeah. You can drive through no problem, but you it's 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 like Manhattan in that you got to pay to leave your car anywhere. Yeah, and then you like, probably still get a ticket. Like the the street signs are very confusing. Yeah, we just left in a garage and paid twenty seven dollars an hour. Yeah. If you ask people where to park, they'll be like, well, you can't park on this side from 9 to 12, but you can't park on the other side from 11 to 2. And it's like, well, um, those kind of overlap. Like, what, where where can I go? Oh, man. But uh, Oh, Bill, something I did do while I was out there, me and a buddy of mine, she she's in college, and she's um, – She's studying politics. I think that's her major. We, uh, I don't know if this is legal or not, but we threw tea in the Boston Harbor, um, which, Bill, you know how much I love the fact that I was born in this country. And you know how much I, I love the United States. So for me, that's like that was like a bucket list thing to throw tea in the harbor. And we, we recorded it, so it's on video. I'll show it to you next time we're in person. You um, recorded your crime and... Uh... Do they actually do they mail you the shell of the sea turtle that you murdered? I don't know, but I got out of there before any redcoats could show up. 
So oh, that's good. You don't want to end up with a musket wound. <laughs> It'll sting. Yeah, dude. But uh, yeah, Bill. I mean, it, for me, it, it it was really special, man. You know, seventeen uh, seventy six, the year that we got our independence from England. All right. So, you know. I, I like the the barista that we bought the tea bags from. Kind of figured out what we were doing. Um, Why don't you just get them from like a grocery store? Because there weren't any around. Mm. But um, but yeah, dude, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, for me, that's like a bucket list thing. I've always wanted to do that because uh, you know, for me, like the Boston Tea Party started this whole American Revolution, where it proved to England that we don't need them. Yeah, anything except inventing soccer. And to this day, tea sucks. Yeah, dude. And I made sure it was Earl Grey. So there you go. You know, the next time, tea. Next time, you got to get yourself over to Quincy Market. Yeah, dude. Uh, I'm I'm really thinking of just driving up by myself. It's only four hours, so I'm thinking of driving up by myself uh, some weekend in December that it's not snowing and going to Cheers. You also, the other thing you got to do is go to the Harpoon uh, Brewery. Like Sam Adams is up there too, but um, you got to do Harpoon. The Sam Adams Brewery was cool. And the other, and the, the cool thing about them too is um, they make beer that they will only distribute to bars in Boston. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you could walk into a bar and like, it'll be the only bar that has that Sam Adams there. When I went, it was, uh, went into a bar. They had a, it was called a, I want to say the Sam Adams red brick ale. And they never released it. The only time I ever had, it was in that bar in Boston. And that was the highlight of my trip. Oh dude, that's awesome. I definitely have to go to Boston by myself. then. Yeah. I like a nice red ale. That's, um, um, I need to pour myself one of those once the uh, oh Boston Brick Ale I'm being told by Matt Temple here. So maybe they did release it since then, but it was it was damn good, Jeff. I missed that beer. Yeah, dude, I'm definitely gonna have to. I I definitely want to go back, but like now that I've kind of like been around, I can probably go back by myself and maybe just like take a train into the major Boston area or something. Yeah. It's a, it's not hard to get around on the train, especially like if you want to go to the baseball stadium, I remember it's the green line goes to the green monster and it's like the last stop. Mm. And then like, if you take it to the other, if you take it the other direction, it takes you to the Sam Adams, uh, brewery. Um, yeah, and speaking of beer, Jeff, I went the the local brewery in town, Crooked Thumb. They just released their uh, their winter beer. It's called Frosty Nibs. Have I ever exposed you to this one? It sounds familiar. I think so. It's like a light beer, and it tastes like peppermint bark. It's got like a peppermint and like a chocolatey Ooh. flavor to it, but it's like really light and crisp. So I went and I bought a whole bunch of it and brought it home. And I was like, I'm going to wait two weeks to drink this. But like they typically sell out of it. So I, um, you know, I went, I got a few four packs and uh, they're just sitting on ice until uh, 
until dry November is over. Hmm. If dry November ever is over. (laughs) I might have to go out there in December, man. I I would remember trying the beer like that. Yeah, they they have it through the winter, but um, they they go through it pretty quick it, to the point where they stopped doing growlers of it. So wow. like you have to go in there to drink it, or you can buy it canned. But they won't fill a growler for you. They save it just for people who come and drink in the brewery, which obviously I can't do right now. So I had to pick up some cans just to make sure I got a little bit of it this uh this holiday season. Get me through the holidays, you know. Yeah, you're going to need it, Bill. Yeah. Right, Thanksgiving's going to be a struggle, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be I'm going to be tempted. I'm just going to be pacing by my in front of my bar like t- opening bottles and sniffing them. Yeah, man. Thanksgiving's rough. My sister's probably going to come over. It's going to be fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she listens. Nah. Yeah, I don't think she does. My sister is uh due to have a baby any day now. So she was due yesterday and uh kiddo didn't want to come out. So we're gonna see. See if he if he holds on. Uh the twenty fifth is my brother's birthday, so now the family's talking about like is it gonna be over or under <laughs> Rob's birthday? Dude, I haven't talked to Rob in a while, man. I gotta reach out to him. But dude, I didn't know Lisa was having a boy, man. That's awesome. I thought she's, they're gonna have another girl. She's not. It is a girl. Oh, that's awesome. Did I say a boy? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, you said he's holding on. I said the baby's holding on. Nah, you said he's holding on. It's on oh. tape. All right. Well, listen, Jeff. It it's twenty twenty two. You you can't decide what gender the baby is just based on their genitals anymore. Yeah, dude. So the, the child's going to choose their own pronouns. All right. All right. For now, for now, we'll, we'll leave them. <laughs> we'll leave them alone for now, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that part of the birth certificate stays blank until they're, uh, what's the age where you can choose your gender now it was four, four or five. Yeah. Four. I think. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> Bill, what the society is going to hell in a handbasket, Bill? And now Cardi B had a kid. I think I read about that in the Book of Revelations. Is was that in there? That's a yeah. That, that's a revelation. Then they were able to predict all that. Yeah, it talks about some whore having a kid. Yeah, now that now they bring the now they bring the baby to the parent. They're like, "You have a beautiful baby girl," and the parent just looks like, "No fillies." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh all right, Jeff. Well, it's been great catching up. Um, let's do this more often <laughs> when you're not yeah. uh, when you're not traveling the globe here, dropping your pins. Uh, spreading your seed, whatever it is you're doing on these trips. Partying, um, I told you I'm partying with Paul Pelosi. Oh, you said it was a party at Nancy Pelosi's house. This yeah, is a horse she, of a different color. Yeah, but Paul's married to her. He knows what's up. Yeah, but they're very... They're, they're usually not together. 
Yeah, I don't know why I had to call the cops. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> it was all fun and games. We were just trying to play pin the tail on the Pelosi. And then it just got out of hand. Ah, <laughs> oh, anyway. Imagine how how quickly this conversation would go south if I were drinking, Jeff. I know, dude. Well, let's not find out. So if you guys want to grab some MMA on the Rocks merch, you know where to go. It's our friends at Team Reaper. I'll put the links in the show notes. As always, you can use the promo code MMARocks10. Save yourself 10% on an MMA on the Rocks t-shirt, tank top, or hoodie. Uh, it's hoodie season, folks. Don't forget, buy two because you know your girlfriend's going to steal one. So think ahead. Grab two. Support your favorite fighter. Buy some merchandise. Buy some training gear. They got all that stuff. So check it out. Um, that's it. Anything else, Jeff? Anything else you want to say to the people? They've missed you. Yeah, dude. I just, I have, you know, I have Hulu and I just found the water boy on it. So it's going to be a good night, Bill. All right. Perfect. You should do you should do a live commentary. I'll give you the pass the password to <laughs> to stream yard. Just do a live commentary of the water boy. <laughs> I think that'd be good good content. All right. That's all we got for this week. Until next time. No Phillies. <laughs>